So I bought this house for $165,000. The land that it sat on was worth 400 or more. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's best ever guests as they share it with you. It's the best ever advice with none of the fluff. Let's go. Heard of crowdfunding and still curious about how you can benefit from it? Well, we've got a step-by-step guide put together just for you by the best ever team and patch of land, the industry's leading crowdfunding experts. The best crowdfunding crash course ever, episodes 152, 159, 166, and 173 will provide you all you need to know to get started and begin benefiting immediately. Whether it's getting access to funds for your project or passively investing in other people's deals. The time is now to get started with Patch of Land. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever to grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D.com forward slash best ever. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and I'm here with today's guest, Daryl Shepard. Hi, Daryl. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Daryl's joining us from Hotlanta, Georgia, where he's a founder of Lone Palm Lending. He's a full-time investor. He's been a full-time investor for, let's see, 15 years since 2000. And he has a rehab business. He's a hard money lender, so he's got a lending business. And he is working on a turnkey rehab real estate brokerage. And we'll have to check in on him on that because I know that was supposed to launch this year or he was going to work on it. He used to run three crews full time and own 50 to 60 units of rental property. Now he's slowing down a little bit. He's doing about 10 rehabs a year and want to hear about why he's doing kind of a a lower volume and kind of what his story is. So with that being said, Daryl, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Sure, sure. Uh, my, my degree is in finance. Uh, straight out of school, I went into the lending business. Used to run a pretty large finance company in the corporate world. Quit that job in 2000 to go into real estate investing full-time. I uh, never bought an investment house when I quit a six-figure job, actually. It was kind of a jump off the dive aboard into the deep end type of thing. Um, when that happened, I did, uh, it took me about four months to buy my first property. Bought four that month, though. Did those rehabs, sold them. Bought four more about three or four months later and wound up doing 12 that year. And it was kind of off of the races since then. Then, uh, you know, we did really well. Like you said, ran three crews full time. We were acquiring rental property. And then 2007 hit and kind of knocked us in the dirt pretty good. I think a lot of people that have been around for a while can relate to that. And so as I built it back up, just kind of started slower, getting a little lazy in my old age, I guess, and uh, just taking things a little bit easier. It, It was. You know, back in the day, if I was awake, I was doing real estate and uh, just living life a little bit more these days. What about this turnkey rehab real estate brokerage? You still focusing on that, building that up? I'm focused more on the lending right now. Um, I haven't, so I'm I'm licensed. I'm a, I'm a licensed real estate agent, and was working with another investor on doing the turnkey brokerage, which is still in the books, but it's it, it'll probably won't launch for another two three months. And talk to us about the lending side. What are you doing and what are you seeing? So on the lending side, it's, it's interesting. I'm seeing money loosen up a little bit. I got on the lending side, you know, from my, my side of the business on the rehabbing. Um, you know, I still do that full time, like you said. And what I was finding is I, I use a lot, a lot of private money and, you know, that, that gets exhausted if you start doing any kind of volume. 
And so I started looking at hard money, uh, going to the different lenders, and it was just kind of crazy what they wanted. You know, they wanted to see you at sixty-five percent loan to value, twenty percent of your money in, um, and then they wanted a six forty credit score and a credit app and two years worth of tax returns, and that just didn't fit my business real well. So I spent probably about a year going through lenders and looking because my background was in lending, um, looking for somebody. And so I'm actually a hard money broker more than a lender. Got several lenders that that we're looking at. But what I'm seeing is there's hedge fund money coming into our market. Um, you know, we saw that in I guess 2013 when they kind of I don't know the different markets, but here in Atlanta they came in strong and were just buying everything in sight. And I think that experience had them kind of start looking at lending money to investors. And I think that's really going to change our market quite a bit because there's going to be more money coming to us at better rates and better terms, which is certainly what we see in my lending business. Um, I know in Atlanta, I've got the best money in town by far. Let's talk about better rates, better terms, hard money lender. What are the better rates, better terms? So uh, through my best lender, and again, I've got several, but the one out of California that I use, and they're in about 13 states right now, uh, the primary product is two and a half points on the origination, and that can actually go down with volume. And then they'll loan 90% of your purchase, 100% of your rehab. And then the rates, so I'm a tier two borrower with them. They've got a five-tier system. I've been around a while. I've done some deals. Uh, I borrow it with them at a 70% loan to value at 8%. Uh, new guys could probably expect closer to 12, maybe even a little higher. And, you know, your typical investor that's doing a couple of deals, three deals a year, they'd be, you know, around 10, 9 or 10. And for someone who has not gone through the process of getting a loan, can you kind of walk through each of those in detail? So 2.5 points on origination. So basically that's 2.5% of the uh, origination amount. Total amount borrowed, yes. So your your amount that you borrowed for the purchase plus your rehab amount. So you'd pay 2.5% of that as the origination cost. And then you'd pay interest-only payments on the amount of outstanding debt, including your rehab cost, until you pay the loan off. And I know you're actively rehabbing now. Uh, are you doing that in Atlanta? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly Atlanta. Uh, we've got a business in St. Louis, too. But I did one there last year, and we hadn't done anything there this year. Are you using your hard money lender for your rehabs? Sure. Yeah. So basically what I do on mine, and it gets kind of squirrely because they don't like to see a second on the, on the through lending home, who's, who I'm talking about, this lender out of California. Um, but what I'm doing, I, I, I fund all my deals at 100%. I can do more of them that way. And so what I do is I will borrow um, you know, as much as they'll give me through lending home to put me at a 70% loan to value. I generally don't go much above that anyway on a deal. And then I'll borrow the difference from a private lender. Got it. I structure in both ways. I've, I've got good lenders that, you know, know me. And, and, uh, and, and so I pay my private lender again, two points and 12% on their money. And it's, it's structured a little bit differently, but I use both regularly. And tell us about some of the rehabs that you're doing now. <laughs> the disasters, as I like to call them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got four projects running right now. I've got uh, two lower end projects that are finished up, and then I've got two that are running here in Cobb County where I live. One of them is it's a neat house. I actually bought it out of the MLS, which is pretty rare these days. Uh, the bank, I don't think, knew that there was an extension built onto the back of it, so they priced it wrong. Full price offer the day it came out. Um, that job, uh, you know, mostly fix up, probably going to have 35K in it after it's done. Purchased it for seventy seven, and the ARV on that's about one eighty. We're in the very tail end of that, but it's it's gone long and, and gone over budget, but not terribly. We've got another one I paid. Let's see, one sixty five for the budget was forty one. We're about at fifty right now, 
and a little bit over time on that one too, kind of nature of this business. Although I hired a new contractor on that one. She's been terrible. But that one, uh, the ARV on that one should be 280. And these are both in hot areas. They should sell right away once I get them listed. And you mentioned to me before we started recording how you found a new contractor. <laughs> You're going to call me out on that, Joe? <laughs> yeah, of course I have to call you out on that. I was like, out of all the ways that you could find the contract, how did you find your new contractor that's not working out? I uh, went to Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> And tell us, like, how does that come about with, with somebody who's been in the industry since 2000? In my defense, yeah. Well, you know, I, again, I was doing high volume back in the day. 2007 was pretty brutal. So I took a few years off out of real estate altogether and kind of eased back in. I did a really small one and then I did a really good deal. And, um, and then 2013 hit where, you know, everybody was buying everything in sight. So I was, that's um, when I was looking at other markets and things like that. But anyway, so I don't have the same resources in place that I did when I ran three crews. You know, it's a big difference when you've got those things in place, you go buy the house, you send your guys there and everything gets done. You yell at one guy, he yells at the rest of them. So when you're doing smaller volume, like I'm doing these days, you're kind of building the stuff back up. Now I know a whole lot of investors in town. I'm dialed into the scene in Atlanta. But what I was looking for was more for somebody to be more of a foreman, somebody full-time that I could hire to manage the job so I could focus on acquisitions and funding. And so I was, my thought process was, which didn't turn out that way, was that I was going to hire somebody. And so I needed to go to the job market rather than, you know, start asking around, hey, do you know a guy that can put in carpet? Do you know a guy that can put in tile? I was hoping for somebody that I could hire to manage each job moving forward. And it didn't work out well. <laughs> And so let's talk about that. What are the qualities of a good, I guess, what, what would that title be? Just a, a good general contractor that oversees everything? Or what would you call that role? You know, I, I never really pinned it out so much as that, but my, I was looking for more of a foreman type that could manage multiple jobs. Because as, as we get these funding sources lined up and, and moving forward, you know, I basically have unlimited funds now between the money that I broker and my private lenders. Um, so I was going to ramp up the volume again. I don't know that I'm going to get quite to doing the volume that I was prior to the crash, but as I start to do that, you got to get these things in place to manage that stuff. And if, if you're buying, you know, two houses a month, then you've got to be focused on looking at houses more so than managing jobs was my thought process. So I was looking for somebody who could actually manage the jobs, be on site and do it at a, at a, you know, at a cost basis that made sense. Cause you know, you get these contractors that are turnkey and, you know, I'm willing to pay a 20% premium on what I could do at 4G seeing it myself. But, man, you go in here and you talk to these guys and they come in at double what I know I could do the work for. And it's just a hard pill to swallow. Let's go back to the unlimited funds for your deals, because I think that's probably going to be the storyline for this conversation. Because, you know, because of your background and what you're actively doing, you've got 70% from your, uh, is it Lending Home? Is that the group out of California? Yeah, that's the main main people out of California. They're they're relatively new. They kind of hit the scene in January, but they're they've they've got a strong push. Uh, they've got hedge fund money behind them, billions. So they they you know they're they're out of California. You know some of those loans are million dollars. Um, the seventy percent is loan to value. You know that's not seventy percent of the deal because they lend so much more than other private lenders. Your cash requirements to do a rehab are significantly less than if you're doing traditional hard money financing. And honestly, the traditional hard money financing is different now than it was when I started back in 2000. In 2000, when you went to a hard money lender, it was true hard money. They looked at the collateral and didn't even look at you. 
as the money tightened up so much in 2007, those lenders were able to tighten up a lot too. And their terms just got kind of crazy for hard money. You know, they're, they're getting the additional interest and points that they get. You know, standard here was five points and 15% for a while. And they're getting that money because of the additional risk. But then they, they want to loan 65% and ask you for a credit application and a good credit score. It's just all kind of crazy to me. And then you've got – so 70% loan to value with uh, one of your lenders lending home, but you have others. Yes. And then 30% from a private money lender, and you pay two points and 12% on that. Real quick, my question is whenever you're speaking to the private money lender and lending home, what's your skin in the game? Right. So with lending home, so they don't – so that is that is kind of the way that I'm structured. is isn't what we can say, hey, all your listeners could go do this because I can, I can secure my private money with other – equity that I have in other properties. Um, so I don't necessarily secure my private lender with the one that I'm working on, but let's just take it. Let's take this, uh, this disaster house with this contractor that I hired out of Craigslist, for example. So I, I borrowed $175,000 on the first. Um, they gave me, um, 135 to buy the house with, and I paid 165 for it. So I needed 30 to close plus my closing costs. And then I had $40,000 in escrow to do the rehab with. Now I'm at 50 on that job right now, but they had $40,000 in escrow. So what I needed was a $30,000 to purchase it plus some working capital to do the job with. So I borrowed $50,000 from my private lender to do that job. But so my total out on that house is, you know, what's the math on that? Um, $215,000 and then that house is worth two eighty. dollars But now keep in mind that my relationship with my private lender isn't, you know, something somebody could start out doing. He knows that I've done hundreds of deals and that I borrow money and pay it back every time. <laughs> And if the deal goes completely south, mm-hmm. you know, worst case, I, I hate to go there, but we just want to go there really briefly. Sure. And then we'll go back to the good stuff. If it goes south, what happens? So let's say the very worst that lending home, I don't pay lending home and they come and take the house back. Yep. Then my private lender's out of his money. He's in second position. So he has additional risk by taking that second position. When you build those relationships with private money lenders, what are some keys to, to building those successfully? That stuff kind of snowballs. So, I mean, for instance, I've got a private lender who's my real estate agent, and she saw me borrow money and pay it back to my main private lender several times, and she actually asked me if she could loan me money because she saw his return. Um, that happened a lot. We had I had about a million dollars in private funds when I was running those three crews and doing high volume back in the day. My cookie cutter back then was to take a house subject to. I worked foreclosures a whole lot, and we'd take over the mortgage Subject to put private funds behind the original mortgage to catch up the payments and to do the rehab, and then we'd sell them off after that. So in that case, what we what we'd see a lot was we'd borrow money. Like it started with my dad's secretary loaned us I don't know twenty five thousand dollars to do my first deal. I think I paid her twenty percent interest to do that too. And then um, again, that was behind a subject to deal. And then so. As we did stuff, she made money. She told her brother about it. Her brother wanted to invest with us. His friend wanted to invest with us. And that stuff just snowballed. You know, when, when, you, when you do things right and you perform and you act ethically, other people want to do business with you. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? <laughs> the best real estate investing advice ever. You knew it was coming. <laughs> Yeah, I would say buying right. 90% of the ball game is, I mean, all your money's made on your purchase. Um, granted, you've got to manage the jobs going out and, you know, and borrow right as well. But if you buy the house 
at a significant enough discount, you can screw things up like I did on this other house and still have a pretty sizable chunk of money when you're finished. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Sure, shoot. First, a quick word from our best ever sponsors. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it, and now it's time to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor, Patch of Land, is a leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and grab your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-E-N-D dot com forward slash best ever. Are you tired of being a landlord? Are you tired of wholesaling, flipping, rehab, headaches? Thousands of investors have felt the same way. Go to 1000houses.com forward slash Mitch. That's the number 1000houses.com forward slash M-I-T-C-H. All right, Daryl, best ever book you've read? E-Myth, I think, would probably be the best. How come? Uh, I read that one after the crash, after my business had suffered quite a bit. And I was reading, I was like, yep, did that wrong. Yep, should have done that right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was eye-opening. As, as I've rebuilt the business, between that one and the four-hour work week, I've really tried to build a business that could, that could work without me. Uh, it sure has freed up a lot of my time. I'm enjoying life a whole lot more, get to play more. And uh, I really appreciate the advice that was in that book for sure. Is the number one piece of advice that you'd say is build a business that can work without you? Yeah, you know, it's obviously hard to do at start. But if you have that focus when you're doing it, and I don't necessarily mean run without you, but, you know, generally my day, um, you know, of course, I've got my lending business, which is kind of whenever, whatever. But the on the rehab side, I get up, make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and done. It's the reason I had the time to open the lending business. Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. You know, I'm a big fan of personal growth. When uh, when I first started out, I was a seminar junkie. I, I was doing probably one or two a, a month. I spent six figures between travel and seminars in two years. Um, I'm a big Tony Robbins fan. I think that uh, getting your head on straight is a big, big part of success in business. My favorite quote of all time is, The Secret to Living is Giving by Tony Robbins. <laughs> great, great quote. Have you been to his Unleash the Power Within seminar? I have not. I've been meaning to get there. I did quite a bit of his stuff and a few other things back in the day. And back then, he was just starting to do the, the really big stuff, and I just never made it to it. I want to say it had a $60,000 price tag, the one I was looking at. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, the one I went to is about 1000 I believe, a ticket. But I have a, I have a coach through the program, so um, there's a discount. There's one coming up in July in Chicago. You know, I saw that. I was thinking about getting up there. I might, I might see you there then. <laughs> Best ever success habit you practice? You know, I, uh, I would say planning my day first thing in the morning. Um, I do a little bit of it the night before, kind of making sure I know what, what my task items are for the day. And then in the morning, you know, I'm, I'm saying exactly what I need to do. Now, my schedule never goes like I pin it out to, but at least everything is in my head and a general time frame of where I need to be, when I need to be, and exactly what I've got to get done. Best ever deal you've done? You know, I've done bigger deals, but I'd have to say the best deal was one that I did. It was the second one that I did when I started getting back into the business. I bought a house from Bank of America. They were getting sued by the county because it had been flooded. We had a real big flood here in 2009. They just kind of let the house sit there. And they just said, all right, we're going to take the highest bid. By Friday, I had a wholesaler call me and tell me that was what was happening and asked me if I could close it in two days. And I was like, yep. Um, So I bought this house for $165,000. The land that it sat on was worth 400 or more. It was in a high-dollar part of town on the river. And uh, I cleaned it out, took about eight dumpsters out of that thing uh, from the flood, took it down to the studs, and uh, turned around and sold that thing on a quick flip price of 295 
I think I was in that deal for maybe three months total. You took it down to the studs and you rebuilt the house? Nope. No, I just sold it as is. Like I said, the land was worth four hundred grand, so I was just doing a quick flip for a quick hundred thousand dollars. Best ever project you're most excited about right now? You know, I'm excited about this lending business. You know, I've done rehab, so I've been there, done that, and all that stuff. Uh, this lending business, again, because my background is in that, and I used to run a billion-dollar finance company. So the lending side of things is really neat. Uh, I enjoy talking with other investors. I was on the phone earlier today when we were missing each other, talking to another investor, just laughing and sharing stories. Um, it's a great side of the business. The other thing is just having this, you know, the money that I've got that I'm brokering is the best in town, and I'm confident that, you know, with what I've got, I'm actually helping other investors succeed, and that's like you just said, that Tony Robbins quote, it's secret to life is giving. Do you work with investors outside of the Atlanta area to help them get money? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're uh, that lending home is in 13 markets right now. So, you know, I just did a deal the other day out in Texas. Um, so, yeah, we, we do several states. They're branching out. Like I said, they're fairly new. Um, I've got other lenders that are nationwide that are also better than the 65%, 20% down, 640 credit score guys as well. But nobody touches this lending home money that I've got. Best ever way you like to give back? Best ever way that I like to give back. You know, I have my favorite charity, I give a portion of everything that I make. It's a charity called Room to Read. They build libraries and things in third world countries. And uh, it's just a neat thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And I like to do charities that apply that philosophy to life, you know. Best ever quote? Best ever quote. Well, you know, um, <laughs> I really like Abraham Lincoln. I'll probably butcher this, but better to believe in people and be disappointed some of the time than not to believe in people and be disappointed all the time. You know, I tend to believe that, you know, people are going to do the right thing for the most part. Now, you know, you obviously have to take that in stride and and uh, and watch people. But at the same time, you know, we're all in this together in my book. I think another one, I think it was Abraham Lincoln. He said something like, uh, you're as happy as you decide to be. Yes. I think it was actually Ben Franklin that said that, but I love that quote. It might have been Abraham Lincoln. I'm not sure. One of those two. That's a good quote. My, my sister actually bought me an Abraham Lincoln book of quotes, and she'll be very upset if I missed the attribution <laughs> of one of his. <laughs> I don't know that for sure, but uh, I've definitely heard that quote, and I love it too. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? <laughs> How long do you have, Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we know one is Craig. Don't hire contractors off of Craigslist. Yeah, don't hire contractors from Craigslist. That would be good. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes over the years. I think, you know, if, if we're talking to fairly new investors and, and they're getting started and, and want good advice on, you know, what not to do, I think the big thing is to watch your cash flow. I mean, that's the only way to lose in this game is, is not to have enough cash to do it. And I do see that where people are trying to do deals. The biggest mistake I see new people do is, is, is fake the numbers to make them work. And that's 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 not a good way to do things. But you do absolutely have to watch your cash flow. Make sure you get your deals funded correctly, that you've got adequate cash reserves to do it. And if you know, you're starting out and you don't have a lot of cash to do the kind of deals that you, you can do without cash. And Daryl, lastly, what's the best ever place to reach you? Probably my cell phone number. I answer it. I, I My website for my lending business has my cell phone number on it. I'm, I'm a people person. I like talking to people. I like talking about real estate. Uh, my cell phone number is 404-886. Nine three one eight, and get to my website at www.loanpalmlending.com. L O N E P A L M L E N D I N G. Daryl, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your best ever advice with the best ever listeners. I thoroughly enjoyed your energy, your conversation, 
and uh, learning more about your, your background in hard money lending and rehabs, things you've learned from the Craigslist stuff too. If you want to do a whole segment on what not to do, Joe, give me a call back. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> Between you and I, I think, well, I just know I could fill an entire hour slot with, with the stuff I've messed up on. And the good thing is we have messed up on things and we've, and we learn from them and then, you know, we, we apply what we've learned and then, and then move on. Cause as you said, there's, there's going to be bumps in the road, many bumps in the road. That's exactly right. But it's, it's staying on the road and knowing where your destination is. That's, that's really what it's all about. And, you know, talking about some of, some of the takeaways I, I got from this one are some of the, the things not to do, but then also things to do, like money is the key and, and having unlimited funds makes you a very powerful investor and any best ever listener. If you have unlimited funds, we've talked about hard money lending on the show. We talk about crowdfunding with patch of land, uh, whatever direction you go and multiple directions too. If you want to have multiple sources of a capital, having unlimited funds at your disposal is out there. It's an opportunity for you. It's just a matter of getting those relationships, reaching out to people like Daryl, reaching out to Patch of Land and other companies like that and starting that relationship and knowing what you need to do in order to get the qualifications and uh, knowing what the properties need to, the numbers need to look at. So thank you so much, Daryl, for being on the show, sharing your best ever advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds great, Joe. Appreciate it. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then go to joefairless.com, where you'll get tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And remember to subscribe to the best ever show in iTunes, so you can keep getting your daily dose of the best real estate investing advice ever.